1: Good afternoon and welcome to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. If you want to drop me a line or a comment uh, something funny. Also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We stream the show live there every weekday, 1 Pacific, for Eastern. If you search Picks and, Par- and Parlays uh, we're very easy to find if you want to hit us up that way. And we also have a nice little chat going on during the show and with our YouTube page. We've got a great show coming back from this Labor Day weekend. It's Tuesday, September 3rd. And on the docket for today, we've got college football with Chip Chirimbus, Nebraska, Colorado, which I was not aware, uh, but it is a big rivalry game. Uh, Nevada and Oregon, two teams coming off polar opposite. Uh, games where Nevada had that heartbreaking win, I guess, for um, uh, Purdue because Nevada hit that last-second field goal, a 56-yarder by a walk-on. What a win for Nevada. Uh, Meanwhile, Oregon, they were the ones suffering a little heartbreak. I got a little confused on that one. But, um, yeah, a heartbreaking loss for Oregon uh, in that primetime game against Auburn. Can they bounce back? Stanford at USC, a very interesting one because of the quarterback situation for USC. And then, of course, we did not forget, it's NFL Week 1. We've got several games on the docket today to go over, and we've got some nice strategies for your betting on Week 1 of NFL. Uh, and finally, of course, we all also have our baseball picks of the day because I know it's football season But you know what? You can still cash some tickets on a daily basis. We've got three games to talk about and three ways to win. Last night, of course, uh, that Notre Dame-Louisville game. Hope you took our advice, and we hope you took the under and the underdogs. Uh, What a game. Louisville looked really good. Uh, I don't know if they hated Bobby Petrino last year or if Scott Satterfield's a much better coach, but uh, exciting things for Louisville fans. Obviously, it's still a loss, but much better than last season. Uh, As I mentioned, a great show. After the break, we're talking college football. Stick with us on Picks and Parlays Radio.
2: Same catcher, Johnny Bench for Blue Emu. Hemp oil is everywhere, but not every hemp oil product is made the same. Now introducing Blue Emu Plus Hemp Oil. Why not trust the Blue Emu brand that has been the number one selling emu oil brand for over five years? Blue Emu Plus Hemp Oil has been organically grown. It is pesticide-free, non-GMO, made in the USA, and most importantly, odor-free. Order Blue Emu Plus Hemp Oil today on Amazon or the Blue Emu website. Tired of wearing the same
3: five shirts every week? We can help. Stitch Fix is a personal styling service that matches you with your own stylist. Someone who listens to what works for you and delivers clothes right to your door. So you take the hassle out of shopping and find new styles that leave you feeling great. It starts with a simple profile you create in just minutes. Explore different styles and leave notes for your stylist about what you like. For a small $20 styling fee, your clothes are hand-selected for you based on your profile and then delivered to you so you can try them on in the comfort of your own home. Pay only for what you keep and send everything else back. Plus, the styling fee is applied to what you keep and shipping, returns, and exchanges are always free. With Stitch Fix, you'll get access to great looks ranging from refined to rugged, and everything is hand selected to fit your physique and your budget. Discover the stylist and styles that work for you at StitchFix.com. Personal styling for men, women, and kids. StitchFix.com. Personal styling for everybody
5: Now's the time to travel and be with the people you care about the most. And at Holiday Inn and Holiday Inn Express, we're helping you be there for less. Save at least 25% at thousands of hotels worldwide if you book by September 24th. You won't want this moment to pass you by. So book today at HolidayInn.com. Terms and conditions apply.
1: And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger, on this fine Tuesday afternoon. After a nice little Labor Day weekend, full of college football, full of excitement, and you know what? We're ready for more. Let's talk more college football. Let's start with Week Two with Chip Chreimbus, Chip what did you think of week Chesson? one?
6: Well, I was really glad that Stanford went a full um, the full sixty minutes because I was able <laughs> to cover just as the gun was going off, and uh, that was the best thing I can say about my Saturday. Uh, Oregon, of course. Um, Slipped at the end. I mean, they, they make a tackle at the 6, Tony, instead of letting a guy go right into the end zone. The field well, goal would they, go change all of our fortunes. I know.
1: They left a lot of points on the field. Yeah. That missed field, it, field goal was... It always
6: seems to happen with them when they're playing in this type of game. You know, when Oregon gets in that big spot, they always seem to fall short for one reason or another. And here they come up at 23-point I was going to
1: say, so what have you learned from betting Oregon? <laughs> so <laughs> we've got Nevada and Oregon... Uh, this week, Oregon uh, ranked 11th in the nation, a very good team. Justin Herbert showed a lot of good right. things uh, in week one. Nevada coming off that huge win over Purdue, a uh, last second win uh, with a 56 yard field goal. We talked about altitude about yeah. being a factor, maybe. Right. Maybe the ball traveled a little farther. Uh, but yeah, it's two teams uh, emotionally on two sides of the coin. Oregon coming off heartbreak. Nevada, I mean, can they level their emotions enough?
6: See, I, so you're just, so I, I think you put a key to yourself. it. Can, can the Ducks rebound from that type of loss, and can they come back with a really strong performance? I really don't know. I question it, but a 23-point favorite might give you an answer. Nevada, by the way, is 6-2 and two in their last eight overall. That's against the points, of course, but they're only 2-6 and six against the road. I have a couple of interesting stats about this one, Chelsea. That Oregon. As such a poor team to play on. They've only covered 13 times in their last 41 games out. They're 1-5 in five in non-conference games, but they will hang their hat on this. In September of 2010, they did play the same Nevada team, and they haven't played since. They won that game. They won the game 69-20. And that was when Nevada was led by Colin Kaepernick. So I think Oregon can do it this time. Uh, Nevada, of course, is going to be sky high off the win they had. And I'm looking for Oregon to fight back. Even though all the trends, Chelsea, Chelsea tell us, <laughs> you're supposed to be on Nevada here. And that maybe Nevada, um, Oregon is down and downtrodden after that loss. I'm coming back or with you, them anyway.
1: you could look at it another way in that Oregon... I guarantee you, this week in practice, they're going to have great practices every week, every day. Well, you know,
6: they didn't play an entirely bad game. They moved the ball. I mean, the, right. the offensive, um, the artist between both teams was comparable. It was very, very close. And we're talking about a team, Auburn, an SEC team that was a four-point favorite on a neutral site here. So it isn't like uh, yeah. they didn't do a representable showing. But the Pac-12, again, has failed. Hawaii. I know. Hawaii beats Arizona. We have UCLA going down to Cincinnati. And Oregon, the big one, they were really looking to hang their hat on. They fall short at the end.
1: To be fair, I thought uh, Oregon's offensive line looked really good against a defensive line at Auburn that was supposed to be one of the best in the country. And they held them off pretty well. So uh, that's encouraging. I think if you watched the game, you saw how good Oregon is. Uh, The thing we're looking at is if they can cover a 23-point spread. Well,
6: the last time they met, when I said the score, was 69 to 20 they gained over 600 yards offensively in that game but their big bugaboo has always been defense they haven't been able to come to big defensive play in that game nevada had over 400 yards on offense as well so um i I see a a lot of scoring a lot of points here uh this is a fun game sort of a hate bet i got to come back with oregon after losing with them last (laughs) week so i'm going to say you know get the lucky ducks
1: all right let's move on to nebraska at Colorado a rivalry game, which I just learned this week uh, from listening to their press conferences. I guess these teams do not like each other. Uh, Nebraska coming off a win that was, I wouldn't say impressive, 35-21 over South Alabama and Colorado with that 52-31 win over Colorado State. Well,
6: there's no question Colorado's win was more impressive, Chelsea. I mean, here they come beating a, a rival. And you know, here's Nebraska against South Alabama. It's a 26-27 point favorite. And it takes a fumble recovery and interception return for them to win the game. Otherwise, it was a dead standstill. At 21-21. But there's some key factors in this game. And they've been rivals because they've actually played for the championships when, since these uh, conferences have been um, rearranged. Realigned. Uh, yeah, realigned yeah. is the term I was looking for. And, of course, Nebraska's 12-3-1 and three and one in their last 16 on the road. And they're 21-8 and eight in their last 21 out there. So they are a point spread juggernaut. And yet, Colorado seems to have their number at home excuse me in the last five meetings overall, they've won four of the last five. And as an underdog, Colorado is twelve and four in their last sixteen. Chelsea, these Trends Clash big time here. And right now I think it's a little too early in the week for me to give you the answer because I'm going to have a definitive answer on picks and parlays it will be loaded up Thursday night for you for the Saturday game between Colorado and Nebraska. It's part of my overall package, Chelsea. So I don't want to give too much away right now. It's going to be a great winner for you. Log on, follow links, and become a winner.
1: Right. I mean, just from watching the press conferences, these two teams do not like each other. I believe their quarterback, uh, Adrian Martinez, was hurt. Uh, last season against Colorado, so there might be some bad blood there. So I think these teams are going to be up for this game for sure. Uh, The question is if Nebraska's offense can be as good uh, as we thought it was going to be because last game it was the defense that really bailed them out. They had two defensive touchdowns, so we'll see. Uh, Let's move on to Stanford and USC. Uh, USC dealing with some injuries. Their quarterback is now out for the season. JT Daniels will not play. So that's definitely a factor, and I think the line has moved because of that. I think I have it at minus three, USC.
6: Um, that's what it is. It opened a little higher, and I think that there were some programs. But how about that easy win I had with Stanford? So I just—I <laughs> can't get over that one. I really had given up on that one, fumbling on that. As the, as the horn goes off, we cover. We get the big win here. So Stanford, I have a little something for the Cardinal here. They're 5-1 against USC the last six times they played them. They are six one and six two and one on the road against the number, and they're seven and two at USC. Now, Chelsea, Chelsea USC's coming here. They lose their All American quarterback, or potential All American quarterback. I was going to say, you know, he, he wasn't like, yeah. All American as of yet. But and, and they're USC's one in four in the last five against the Pac-12, and they're only covered seven of the last twenty-eight outright. If you're going to go by the numbers in the trends without referring to the emotional factor here and what the unknown, and the unknown here is the quarterback for Southern Cal, is right. he going to emerge? Is he, is he someone in the wings? Because I've had a very good friend in this business say all the time, once someone gets injured, a star is born. And you could ask Wally Pipp, he had to sit out for 2,100 games after Lou Garrett got his shot. So who knows what's going to happen here. But the backup is definitely going to be there for Southern Cal, and it sort of gives my edge psychologically to Stanford, who always seems to play well against his team, other than the fact that Stanford had that miracle cover last week. They had the game won, but still... Their approach for Southern Cal, this is the opening conference game of the season. I think it's a big game for both of them.
1: I think that was one of those games, that northwestern Stanford game, that you either love betting afterwards or you hate betting. Well, you know,
6: it, it was sort of it was juxtaposed because we had the same thing happen with the Auburn game. With right. uh, Auburn and, and and Oregon. So we won one, we lost one, and it's it's the nature of the game. That's why we call it gambling. I mean, Well and wins and every we day. talked
1: about this before the show. It's college kids. Uh sometimes it's unpredictable. These coaches can scheme all they want, but at the end of the day it's execution and I mean, we saw three fumbles was, back to back to back last I was just night. Gonna
6: say that three consecutive <laughs> plays, three consecutive fumbles in the Louisville Notre Dame game. And like you said, these are young, 19-year-old kids. Some of them even younger than that because right. a lot of freshmen are starting. And um, that's been a trend right? this
1: year: is true freshman quarterbacks starting? Yeah, and
6: because their development at a younger age in high school now is is so progressive. I mean, these kids are now 6'4", 6'5", and they can throw the ball. Running a, a pro style yeah, offense running in high pro school? Offenses in high school, absolutely. And they're so much more prepared, better than say, uh, 20. 20, even 20 years ago.
1: Right. I think for Stanford the defense for me uh the difference for me is their defense. Their defense was really strong against Northwestern, only allowing 7 points. So I think that's going to be the factor in this one and maybe even look at the well, under.
6: And you know, the Trojans last week, they had that game covered again even without the starting quarterback with him getting going down. Mm-hmm. And it was a backdoor cover by a really underrated Fresno State team uh, that's come on strong last year and it looks like they're going to have another fine season again from the way they played against them. Right. Fresno
1: here. State was not a cupcake game no it wasn't
6: because um they had two bad years in a row and they've really rebuilt the program back up to when um, they were one of the stronger teams in the west and certainly out here uh, fresno always garnered a lot of money and they were a big point spread winner for years in las vegas
1: right uh and we know clay helton is maybe coaching for his job this season so you know he's going to want a big win over Stanford. This would be
6: huge for them, Chelsea. Because, for sure. Because they can, they're going with a backs, back back up quarterback here, and I think that, like you said, helps. Well, to it's a at home. Job.
1: Well, they want a home win against. But it looks Stanford. like Stanford's
6: able to play there. They're seven and two in the last nine. All right, Southern we got to
1: wind down. Our segment's over. We'll be back with NFL talk on picks and parlays.
7: tells you when to buy, what to buy, and when to sell any stock to maximize your profits in less than 10 minutes a day. And if you call right now, you can test drive our amazing Vector Vest system risk-free for 30 days for just nine ninety five.
0: Eight hundred five eight dollars 95 800-584-2519. 800-584-2519. 800-584-2519. That's 800-584-2519.
7: 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851 800-439-7851 800-439-7851
1: 800-439-7851 And we are back here on Picks and Parlays Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I'm your host Chelsea messenger you can find me every day on twitter and also check us out on facebook twitter and youtube if you search picks and parlays we're very easy to find and also you can find us here every weekday one pacific four eastern right now let's get to some nfl football because it's week one finally no more preseason games to talk about and finally some real football we've got tony t in studio joining us.
8: Hi, Chelsea. <laughs> Glad to be here meeting everybody here in the studio in Las Vegas, week one of NFL. I'm excited for this season.
1: I know, especially in Las Vegas. People like the NFL. They like to bet on it. So it's a big week here in Vegas. <laughs>
8: it sure is. And of course, week one can be a tricky week for everybody. I know a lot of the pros, you get, they're very cautious. Maybe a few plays, they want to see the teams. There's always big upsets. Remember last year, it was uh, New Orleans Saints getting upset at home against Tampa Bay, a team that was supposed to be really bad last year, and uh, you'll see some of those upsets.
1: Right. I was about to say, can you get more value on some of these uh, s- these games in Week 1 if you see something that somebody doesn't see, I suppose? I guess so, but you also have to be very selective. And
8: what is happening now, what we're seeing here with a lot of starters not playing, Week 1 tends to be an extension of the preseason for some teams. Right,
1: yeah. Especially with new coaches and um, teams that are learning a new offense and and rookies too you know or even like Mitch Trubisky I mean he hasn't seen that much of the offense I know we talked about the Packers Bears game uh, a little bit earlier Uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't play most of the preseason but I don't think he needs it (laughs) I think he knows what he's doing
8: (laughs) exactly right we're seeing some of the younger coaches sitting players some of the old school coaches we saw uh, Andy Reid he played his starters and if you go back you look at some of the September records Coaches like Andy Reid gets teams off to really fast starts. We've seen Pete Carroll not as fast with Seattle, but he likes to play some of the starters during the preseason.
1: Right. All right, so let's get to some of these games because we've talked about preseason enough. That's right. Uh, let's talk uh, Ravens-Dolphins. The Ravens are seven-point favorites uh, in Miami. The total is 37-and-a-half. These two teams uh, looked very different in the preseason. The Ravens were dominant and the Dolphins, not so much. And they just traded away a bunch of players. So some people are wondering if the Dolphins are tanking. So what are your thoughts on this one? Well, my
8: thoughts in this game is, is that, you know, Brian Flores comes from the Patriots. I think they're trying to change the culture. And you saw that a lot with, with uh, Belichick. He would cut some veterans when he thought they were maybe hit their peak. And we're seeing that with the Miami Dolphins. Flores comes in, cuts a lot of his veterans, going with some of his younger players. What that does sometimes, it makes you faster on defense. In the NFL, you got to be really fast on defense. If if a veteran starts to lose a step or two, that can mean a lot in the NFL.
1: Right. Uh, For the Ravens, I guess we'll see just how good Lamar Jackson is uh, when he's playing a full game against uh, a regular season opponent. Last season, he showed flashes of being really good, and he's a great runner, but... um, you know what? Some people were saying that the book's out on him. Uh, there's a lot of tape. People know what you're getting with him. And if you force him to throw it, it's a little different. But this Dolphins defense isn't, it's not the Bears. It's not
8: the Bears, <laughs> although maybe a little faster. So you got to keep, be careful with this one. With You know, the thing here in this game, we're looking at the, the uh, Ravens favored by seven, total 37 and a half. I'm going to go under total of 37 and a half. Uh, I really think, again, you got to deal with that Florida sun. It's going to be hot and muggy. And uh, it may be difficult for these NFL teams, team like Baltimore there, to handle that weather. Lamar Jackson, I can see the Ravens get a lead, kind of sit on it. We know Harbaugh's Tennessee. He likes to kick a lot of field goals. Lamar Jackson, not the most accurate. And, of course, last year, 8.6% sack percentage. So you can get in trouble with sacks in the NFL because you can lose the football. As you talked about, teams have, have, have the uh, a tape on, on, the, uh, on Lamar Jackson. We saw the Chargers. They may have exposed him in that playoff game last right. year. Right.
1: Yeah, I, I think some of those sacks uh, may be due to the fact that he might be holding onto the ball a little bit longer, and he likes to scramble. So, I mean, I don't know if that's an indictment of the offensive line. Meanwhile, the Dolphins will be starting Ryan Fitzmagic, Fitzpatrick. Uh, so, I know some people were wondering if they were starting him and saving Josh Rosen for some of these easier games. What are your thoughts on that? Well,
8: you know, I think they want to see how good the offensive line is, especially if if Rosen is the quarterback of the future. We got to see this offensive line, see if they can prevent. Right, magic, or, will it, be, or will it be Pick Patrick. We don't know how he gets. we don't. Yeah, worry. pick
1: your pun. <laughs> and the thing
8: about it is that's why, in fact, in the total, you know, he does put up points for the other team. I'm just hoping he puts up one touchdown for the Ravens to keep this game under total. But you're right, uh, there, uh, Chelsea. Uh, you know, you know they got the running back with Drake. Of course, they they moved their left tackle and their wide receiver draft picks. You know that's what I was kind of looking at the at the Miami Saber. Once they made those moves this this week, I, I could not at all back Miami or the Ravens this one. That's why I'm going under.
1: Okay, so taking the under Ravens, Dolphins. Hoping the Ravens defense can stifle the Dolphins. Uh, moving on to the Redskins at the Eagles. The Eagles opened as nine point favorites, and it was actually uh, the biggest favorite uh, as far as an opening line goes uh, because the Eagles. You know they're a pretty good team. Carson Wentz is a pretty good quarterback. Uh, Redskins not much talent there, uh, and Case Keenum is starting for the Redskins. Jay Gruden is on the hot seat. So a lot of things definitely not pointing in the favor of the Redskins. But what we're looking at is if they can cover.
8: That's correct. If they cover, you know when you look at the I look at the lines. I'm always looking for possible under upsets and blowout victories. This is the one game I think that's going to be a blowout here. I like the Eagles here minus nine. You they've had success against the Redskins. They've won, they won four straight against them by 10 points or greater. And uh, last year when they met... Uh, the Eagles piled up over 400 yards per game against them in each of their meetings. Of course, Wentz has plenty of weapons in the passing game. I love their draft pick from Stanford. Uh, you know, looking at uh, JJ, our state of whiteside uh, in the draft, Jordan Howard comes over in free agency from Chicago. So they're really loaded with weapons there offensively. And I think they can handle this uh, Redskins uh, defensively, they handle Redskins offense. Case Keem is starting. They don't have a whole lot of talent there on the Redskins uh, offensive side.
1: Right. I just I think exactly what you said is the Redskins just don't have. Uh, they don't have the star power. And that's not to say that people need to be famous or recognizable, but it just doesn't seem like the talent is there for the Redskins, especially against a team as good as the Eagles in week one. Uh, Moving on to the Bengals and the Seahawks. Uh, The Seahawks are favored by a lot in this one now. I think it's 10.
8: It's up to 10. It's a big line here. And uh, I'm not comfortable laying that many points with Seattle. I'm going to take the Bengals here at plus 10. You know, Seattle usually get off to slow starts to begin the season. They failed to cover seven and had one pushes in the first two games the past four seasons, so they've been slow starters against the spread. I think this could be one of those games, Chelsea, where they get a short lead and pretty much hold it, and, of course, uh, not really fearing the Bengals' offense first-year coach. You know, Andy Dalton, you know, he does get off to good starts. They a good start. I was about to say, record. last
1: last season, the Bengals started off really hot. It was when all those players got hurt is when the Bengals really faltered, and I know A.J. Green is out, but... Um, I mean, there's a potential for them to at least not lose by 10.
8: <laughs> yeah, there is. Of course, you look
1: at the Rainbacks,
8: Bernard. Uh, you know, they've got they've got definitely some some quality. John Ross, John Ross is a pretty Ross good playmaker. Running back, uh, they picked Joe up Mixon. Joe Mixon, who I was, who was trying to who I, who I was thinking about. Yeah, they can run the ball, and Seattle's rush defense really struggled last year, uh, stopping the run. And of course, we talked about the Seahawks' offense. They're kind of limited. You no know Baldwin; he retired. Who's he going to throw to? You know, they lose Mike Davis in free agency. The Chicago Bears now the running back position. So now Rashad Penny, the former San Diego State product, now is being be used as number two back. And uh, you know, there's even talk that they, want, the Seahawks, want to use their running backs more in the passing game. That kind of goes against Pete Carroll's style of offense. It tells me there's some issues there uh, in their passing game there. And I think uh, the Bengals can, can hang into on this one.
1: Right. They did add Jadeveon Clowney to their pass rush. So the Seahawks. We'll have another weapon to kind of get after Andy Dalton. But, um, yeah, we saw some major line movement with this one. I think it opened at 7.5, and, and I think that was before A.J. Green got hurt. But, yeah, how much do you take in uh, to affect that, that it's moved so much? Like, is that a factor? Because now it's plus 10. Yeah. Uh, the Bengals are plus 10 now.
8: Yeah, that's a big number there. Clowney, you know, he never had double-digit sacks it, right, it, there's it all, a reason
1: they let him go. Yeah, I would say. It, it, I think he's good, but the fact that he wasn't even that effective with J.J. Watt there, because I mean, if he's the main guy, he's going to have to take more of the workload. So, exactly, I think he's good, but I don't know if he's enough to change the points total that much.
8: Yeah, that yeah, it, didn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't even make sense for me in the move here with with the county coming over. Uh, we talked about you know the team, the fact that he didn't have you know, no deficit sacks. He's been injury prone. Remember, in college he was injured. He's had issues all over his body because he plays a fearless style. But again, um, my concern here is the offense for Seattle. I don't think they're dynamic enough to really run up the score against teams, and I think that's why Seattle can hang in. uh, uh, So, Cincinnati can hang in this one.
1: Right. Russell Wilson can't do it by himself every week because if I have faith in somebody, it's Russell Wilson. I think he's a great quarterback. He's really smart. He's cerebral. Uh, He knows what to do when the play breaks down, but. At the end of the day, the NFL has so much talent. It's not like college. You know, one player can't make that big of a difference in my mind. That's right. And also, their
8: kicker got hurt. Huska. he's out. So uh, they have a first-year kicker now. And, uh, you know, they got to see how, how it works out for them. Right. With the retirement.
1: He was the one that was talking about Carly Lloyd, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> Which was nice of him. He said, you know what, Carly Lloyd, if you want to give it a shot in the NFL, uh, I'll help you. Uh, so, I mean, that'll be interesting for me to see in the Bears game. As if it comes down to a field goal. Yeah,
8: that's going to be an interesting game. There, we brought up that that uh, packer. I want to see how the Packers' offense is under under the under Matt Lafleur. LaFleur. Yeah, I yeah. Know you, I know you're
1: a big fan of Lafleur. Well, he's being sarcastic. I am not because he was the Titans' offensive coordinator last season. And the offense averaged 19 points per game. Somehow we still won nine games, but you know what? I don't see how you fail upwards like that. That's the Lane Kiffin move yeah, and the Cliff Kingsbury move. Yeah, I, I was going to mention
8: Kingsbury. So, like, I mean, it's very strange hires. Let's go with the young guys, even though the track roots aren't the greatest, but they're young.
1: Let's go with them. I know because Sean McVay is one thing. He's not somebody who is he's one of a kind. He's a savant. He has this photographic memory, and I think people are seeing these young guys. And they're just hoping for another McVeigh. and I don't think that's the case. He came to the NFL very young. He worked his way up the ladder. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. These guys just being placed in,
8: high, in, in these high-profile uh, high positions without going, coming up the ladder. That's the difference there.
1: Right. Uh, Matt Lafleur was only the Titans' offensive coordinator for, what, one season? Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I just feel like the body of work is not – Uh, is not enough. So uh, the thing is, you do have Aaron Rodgers. He's a very smart guy, and he can run the offense with or without a head coach. Yeah,
8: that's the the big question mark for Thursday Night Football. And, of course, I want to see how New England plays without the Gronk and their starting center.
1: Right, yeah. A lot of fun stuff to look forward to in NFL Week 1. When we come back from the break, our baseball picks. Stick with us on Picks and Parlays Radio.
5: Now's the time to travel and be with the people you care about the most. And at Holiday Inn and Holiday Inn Express, we're helping you be there for less. Save at least 25% at thousands of hotels worldwide if you book by September 24th. You won't want this moment to pass you by. So book today at HolidayInn.com. Terms and conditions apply.
0: That's 800-984-4207
6: At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend
0: Eight hundred four zero three five nine one two, eight hundred four zero three five nine one two, eight hundred four zero three five nine one two. that's eight hundred four zero three fifty nine twelve. 5912
2: Hall of Fame catcher Johnny Bench for Blue Emu. Hemp oil is everywhere, but not every hemp oil product is made the same. Now introducing Blue Emu Plus Hemp Oil. Why not trust the Blue Emu brand that has been the number one selling emu oil brand for over five years? Blue Emu Plus Hemp Oil has been organically grown. It is pesticide-free, non-GMO, made in the USA, and most importantly, odor-free. Order Blue Emu Plus Hemp Oil today on Amazon or the Blue Emu website.
1: And we're back on Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network on this Tuesday after Labor Day. We hope you had a great Labor Day weekend. Uh, Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube if you search Picks and Parlays. We're very easy to find, and we always appreciate your feedback. We've talked a whole lot of football, but you know what? It's still baseball season, and you can still cash tickets every day of the week if you have some smart betting strategies for baseball we've got joe duffy with us i believe joe are you there i think so i am here hopefully you can hear me he's there i know aren't you in georgia are you guys getting storms or anything
9: but you know i'm hearing this rumor that you said anybody can be in the studio other than joe duffy keep him in georgia (laughs) well we don't want to keep you there during the
1: hurricane if you
9: need shelter you can come to vegas uh, along the coast no, I don't live. I live near Atlanta. I'm a couple hundred miles from the coast. We probably won't even see any rain here. So, you know, fortunately, uh, that's not an issue for me. But, yes, for people to the east of me, you know, all the prayers and best wishes and
1: all that. Other right. Stuff. So you don't have an excuse for if your video goes out
9: <laughs> no, praying I for your so, Internet you know, connection like a hurricane.
1: <laughs> all right. So let's get to these baseball games. Uh, let's start with the Phillies. And the Reds, the Phillies are plus 115 in this one, I believe. They're two and a half games back, uh, for that second wild card spot behind the Cubs, uh, I think. And it's Vince Velazquez on the mound for the Phillies, six and seven, four, eight, six ERA, four and two in his last seven. But he's not a guy that goes deep in games. Uh, usually, a guy that goes, you know, four, five, six innings. So uh, bullpen will be a factor in this one. Lucas Sims starting for the Reds. He's filling in for the injured Alex Wood. Two and one with a 4.99 ERA. But he's come in mostly in relief. Uh, thoughts on this one?
9: Yeah, Vincent Velasquez. He's a guy that a couple of years ago he looked like he was going to be a star uh, pitcher, but. Obviously, he has not been. He's one of these guys who, you know, has the proverbial quote unquote stuff, but he can seem to get the ball over the plate. And he's really been pitching batting practice 15 earned runs, his last 18 innings pitch. I know that the Phillies, are, you know, they're kind of tired of him. but It's not like they got an obvious guy to come in and replace him. And they're just going to keep riding him, hoping that eventually he gets his confidence, that his production seems to match his physical abilities. He's actually been worse on the road with a 5.31 ERA and a stunning 347 on base percentage against 1.43 uh, whip. Um, and, you know, the, compare that again, compare that to where he's been at home, where he's not that bad, 281. So this is a case where the fact he is pitching on the road does make a pretty significant difference. And, you know, as you kind of said, uh, the Phillies can get five decent innings out of him. That's probably a, a great uh, pitching outing from him. But all in all, look, if the Phillies are going to contend, if there's one guy that really needs to turn it around, it probably is uh, the last wins.
1: Uh One thing I will say, uh, to that note, the Reds' ballpark is a hitter-friendly park, but you could say the Phillies' offense is doing a little better these days. They won 7-1 uh, last night, I think. Yeah, against the Reds. Yeah. Uh, Reese Hoskins had two home runs. Bryce Harper seems to be turning it on. He does strike out a lot, but he hits a lot of homers, so that could be a deciding factor. They've won two in a row. Meanwhile, the Reds, uh, they're a lot better at home as opposed to away. They're 27-42 and on the road, Uh, but this game is at home, so that's the good thing for the Reds. Uh, Aristides Aquino. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Uh, He's a rookie, but he's been on fire for the Reds. Uh, 15 home runs in 122 plate appearances, which is the fastest of any player in baseball to reach that number. Uh, So a big pop to their lineup there. But the issue for me would be Lucas Sims is how well he can fill in for Alex Wood and how strong that bullpen uh, can hold that lead if they do have it
9: yeah you're definitely right and uh, here i go i gotta you know date myself again but Aquino. it's amazing how much he does remind people of eric davis so many people brought it up and yeah his he's been phenomenal from a, a power standpoint and you're right i do generally think that from a you know momentum standpoint when you have a pitcher that enters the rotation where he's you know a part-time reliever part-time pitcher short-term Maybe you can get a little bit of an emotional lift because the guy's going to have the adrenaline when you're in the dog days of summer. So that's maybe a slight short-term advantage for the um, Reds. The Phillies, they've also gone under 8-1 and as underdogs, although, as you said, it kind of varies. They were underdogs earlier. Now they're the favorites, so that may or may not. Oh, they're not the favorites apply. now? Well, well, they, they've been they've been right around they've been right around a pick'em. I do have the odds I think behind it. but yeah, it's been hovering right around a a pick'em all day and going back and forth. But the point is, even you know, even if they are laying a little bit of a number, they've still been a a, a pretty good under team under those circumstances. They also won six of seven as underdogs, and again, it's still the basic idea in a game that they're not necessarily supposed to win. Uh, meanwhile, the Reds, you know, they're struggling. They're eight. And fifteen overall. But yeah, this this Phillies team seems to be, you know, underachieving all year. Everybody keeps waiting for the Phillies to fire Gabe Kapler. Even some people thought that, you know, when they brought Charlie Manuel back, they were just waiting for the opportunity to fire Gabe Kapler. I don't know. They seem they seem to like Kapler um, the the players like him. He's a quote unquote players manager, but it just doesn't seem that his teams are very disciplined when they don't run out ground balls, and there are times where people thought that he should have benched some players uh, this this year. So, you know, the Phillies are a team in somewhat disarray, but as you said. I think they're back they in the can...
1: swing of things, though, because now with the yeah. wild card race, these players have right. something to play for. Uh, something yeah. I noticed with the Reds, they've played five games in 50 hours. That's a lot. They had two double headers. Uh, in St. Louis, so no matter how you slice it, even if they're on a team playing that's chartered, that's a lot of travel, and it's 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 draining. So I mean, it's tough when you have that many games and that short of a window, and you have a guy on the mound that isn't a normal starter for you. It's it's hard for me to have faith in the Reds.
9: Right now, and I agree with you in the fact that look, both of these teams. Could go to some questionable ballpens. Um, I do like the over in this game um, at about 10 and a half. So the, the over is the play. And like you said, the Phillies bats, that's not really the uh, the question mark. Everybody's expecting Bryce Harper. You know, they're they wishing that he had a higher batting average, but that's not really what they got. He's a great power hitter. Um, he's got, you know, surprisingly good speed. He's basically doing everything that he's been paid to do uh, for them. So he hasn't been the issue. And as you said, Reese Hoskins and other Another tremendous player. So their bats are working pretty well, but it's really the, their bullpen that's a big question. And certainly their starting pitcher tonight has been a huge question mark.
1: All right. Looking at the over in that one with the line sitting at 10 and a half, correct? Yes. Okay. All right, let's move on to the Mets and the Nats. Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer, a great pitching matchup there for these two teams. Jacob deGrom 8 and 8 with a 2.66 ERA and he's been really good since the All-Star break. Meanwhile, Max Scherzer, obviously one of the better pitchers in the game, but he's coming off the IL. I think it's only his his third start back. Mm-hmm. Uh so he still is a little limited. He's gone 4 innings, 4 innings. And five innings in his last three. So it's not the Max Scherzer of the past where he's probably going to go seven or eight. Uh, so I think that's, you got to take that into a picture because obviously his name uh, probably mm-hmm. affects the line because he is a great pitcher. But you're going yeah. against DeGrom, who is another great pitcher. Uh, so what do you think on this one?
9: Yeah, and, the, and both of these guys have really been the mark of uh, consistency. DeGrom, you mentioned his numbers. He's also got a 1.02 rip for the year. Last three starts, 2.57 ERA, 195 on base percentage against. Even by his standards, that's pretty good. And a whip of just .71. So it's a great pitcher who's pitching even better as of late. He's uh, you know slightly better at night, 259 on base percentage. And that's in 133 night innings. Any split where you could have a pitcher with a 259 on base percentage and well over 100 innings, that's impressive. As heck. Basically, the, the challenge would be to find a chink in the arm, and there's really not one. As you said, yes, yeah, sure, Scherzer, I think you know they're, they're bringing him back, but I, he's about, I think, ready to go, at least six tonight, maybe even longer, 266 on base percentage against. Uh, his numbers are slightly less dominant at home, but again, he's just consistently good. Also, slightly worse at night, but really, it's a stretch. Uh, there aren't really any chinks in the armor, other than the fact that, as you said, uh, Scherzer could be on a pitch count, but, you know, this is this is without question uh, two of the better pitchers, a, a heck of a, a pitcher's door indeed.
1: Right. Well, the issue I would have with Jacob deGrom is not him. It's the fact that he's 8-8, eight and eight. so he's pitched some great games. He has a 2-6 ERA and has, I mean, lost some of these games, and you've seen it with Justin Verlander. You can throw mm. these amazing games, but if you don't have the run support, uh, and if you're looking at something other than a first five bet, you've got to take that into consideration. Is if the Mets can really back him up? Uh, they took two of three from the Phillies, but they were swept by the Cubs before that. Uh, so, how much faith do you have in the Mets to win this one?
9: Well, I think there is some reason to believe that he could get some production tonight. The Mets have they're sixteen and eight on the road. The last twenty four, that's a pretty impressive twenty four point four ROI. They're even better on the run line uh with a 35.8 roi 18 and 6 run but you know conversely the nats are playing quite well 67 and 29 on on the run line since may 24th and that's a 25.8 um percent roi and they're 58 and 28 to the money line so he should maybe get a little bit more run well maybe not because they're going against a tough pitcher but the mets have the ability to give him a little bit more run support you know he's had some some tough luck there, but yeah, that's, a, that's another story for another time. But Chelsea, I've always said one of the biggest myths. And I know, I know that you know your husband's a pitcher, but I don't agree with the old saying that pitching and defense is 80% of the game, as Casey Stengel used to say. I think there's a, a big myth to that. Give, give me good clutch hitting. And uh, you know that's one of the reasons for my success in handicapping. I think I do, well, I know I do handicap team and uh, pitching stuff I'm sorry, team and batting stuff a little bit more than most handicappers do because I do believe that the odds makers tend to over-evaluate pitching.
1: Well, in the playoffs, it matters, and that's why starting pitchers get paid so much. But we're running out of time, and we need to get to our next game. Astros-Brewers, speaking of good pitching, the Astros have been dominant lately with Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole. Zach Grinke on the mound today against Jordan Lyles. Uh, Quick thoughts on this one.
9: Yeah, and I'll give you my pick it was on Washington on that game. Yeah, Greinke, as you said, he's been pitching extremely well, though he's off a rare bad outing. I'm not really going to worry too much about that. His numbers are slightly better on the road, which isn't surprising for a proven pitcher, uh, including a 245 ERA. But his teams are a combined six and seven in his road starts. Lyles, 4.55 ERA, 321 base percentage, slightly um, better at home. Now, here's what's interesting where you got to consider the number. Houston, 19 and 20, the last 39 on the road. You'd say that's pretty good, right? Well, no, they're a good team. That's minus 12.57 units. And in fact, if you bet against them on all those last 39 road games, you'd be up 24.3 uh, return on investment. So you know, it's it's a little bit tough here because Houston hasn't performed on the road relative to the number they're laying. But I would lean towards uh, Houston here laying the buck 43.
1: So Houston's uh, minus 143 in this one? Yes, that is correct. What's the total and what's your play?
9: Uh, no, it, it is, yes. My pick is to go with uh, Houston minus the 143.
1: Yeah, you're getting pretty good value on that, I suppose, since the Astros are such a good team. Uh Jordan Lyles has been a lot better since he's come over from the Pirates. Four and one, two five one ERA. Uh so something to consider as well. And the Astros, you know what, they haven't been hitting especially well. Justin Verlander threw no hitter and almost lost. Uh but I think that's probably some of the better value that you'll get on the Astros. Uh those are our baseball picks when we get back from the break. We are recapping all of our picks from the day college football, NFL, and baseball. So stick with us after the break. We've got all of that info for you on Picks and Parlays Radio.
0: Call right now. That number is 800 485 6003. Imagine this is your money and someone wants to take it from
7: you. Who is it? The IRS. They want your money and guess what? They can legally take it, all of it if they want. Remember, they sent you that letter that said, hey, you owe us a bunch of cash and we're going to take it from you. So what do you do?
1: And we are back here on Picks and Parlays Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, and also streaming live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. It's been a busy day full of heated discussions about football, baseball, you know, NFL, college football. We've had it all today. Uh, And if you haven't been paying attention, if you've been sleeping on us, never fear—we've got you covered. Or if you're just joining us, no worries. We're about to recap all of our picks from the day in one little segment. So pay attention. It's coming up. Uh, Starting with, what are we starting with? uh, College football. There it is. Nevada at Oregon. Uh, Chip Cherembus is taking the Ducks to cover minus 23. Stanford at USC, a very interesting game there. Chip says take Stanford. Minus three. Uh, moving on to our NFL picks with Tony T. Ravens at Dolphins taking the under at 37 and a half. Redskins at Eagles taking the Eagles. Minus nine. Bengals at Seahawks taking the Bengals plus ten. That's a lot of points. So we're taking the Bengals. Uh, Joe Duffy had some MLB picks for us. Phillies at the Reds taking Cincinnati Or I think we're just taking the over ten and a half. Yeah, Uh, Mets at Nationals taking the Nationals minus 133, and the Astros at the Brewers taking the Astros uh, minus 143. Probably the best value you'll get on the Astros, uh, just given the fact that their pitching has been so good. Joe Duffy was trying to tell me that pitching and defense is not 80% of the game. I disagree with you. I think pitching matters a whole lot, and that's why those guys get paid so much. And you'll see it in the postseason. Just watch. Uh, we've got plenty more stuff this week to talk about. College football games, NFL games, and more. We'll see you back here tomorrow, 1 Pacific, for Eastern, on Picks and Parlays Radio. Bet, win, repeat. See you tomorrow.